Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 20th episode of the Believe in the Long Run podcast series. I'm your host, Don Santina, and I apologize for this episode coming out a little bit later than normal. I know most of the times we are debuting episodes every Wednesday. I know a little bit here and there. Things have got skewed because of my availability or because of the guest availability. Well, I was trying to really hard work on finding a guest to join the podcast this week, but availabilities and things of that nature just did not work out. Plus, I was on vacation all week, so I wanted to make sure we still got content out out to you before the week ended. And so it's later than normal, but we will get this podcast up and get it out to you. And we'll have a quick turnaround for next week's podcast as well. i got a couple guests that I'm lining up for the next few episodes. And we'll get you one here on soon. We'd like to thank last week's guest, Christine Otto, mother and nurse, who runs in the neighborhood and all over her hometown of Troy, Michigan, as they were busy moving, but she was still able to join the podcast and talk about her running and some of the things she does while trying to balance working and raising two kids. So nice outside today that I've decided to record outside, so if there is a little background noise in the wind, I'll see if I can edit it out. We might catch it just a little bit here and there. So, without further ado, like I said, we could not get a guest on this week, but there is quite a bit that seemed to pile in towards the end of this week, which actually I'm kind of glad that I waited to record this podcast just so I could kind of hit on these points. So we'd also like to hit our social media like we do every week. You can find us on Instagram at Believe in the Long Run. That's where we've had the most social media interaction with our listeners and followers, and that's where you'll see most of our updates come from. But we, you can also find us on Twitter if you're not a fan of Instagram at Believe in the Long at the Long Run 5 on Twitter is our user handle there. Check us out there as well. We post all of our episodes up there as well. If you have missed any of our previous episodes or you want to go and listen to this one again, you can find all of our podcast episodes on any of your favorite podcast platforms such as Google Play, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and of course, Believe.com. Just search Believe in the Long Run and our podcast series will pop up there for you. Like I said, this is our 20th episode. We've had 19 full episodes, and our first one was a little preview, a little intro to the series. So it's crazy that we're moving right along. We've had quite a few guests, and I've got a little thing to look back that I'm going to create, but that's a few episodes away. We're going to try to do that for episode 25. But let's get into it right away. Like I said, a lot of news breaking later this week. That will actually give us quite a bit to talk about here in this podcast. That's kind of what I'm hoping to discuss and kind of visualize what's going forward and talk about that. I know I'm not as exciting as having guests on, but sometimes when we can't get guests, I'm all you can get. So, first thing that we've been really hitting on throughout the summer is virtual races. I saw one that came across my Facebook feed and... I'm kind of interested in looking at, and it's called Run the Great Lakes. Like I said, if you don't find one that you like, 
You can always visit you can always visit virtualrunningraces.com. You can find them there and check out your favorite race, whether that's distance, theme, whatever it may be. I bought one of my virtual races that I'm going to do later this summer off of virtualrunningevents.com. So go check them out. See if there's any virtual races that keep you motivated and going in your training. And I'm going to talk about, like I just mentioned, the... Anyway, I tried finding it on my social media and it wouldn't pop back up. But it was the... It might be the Great Lakes Summer Challenge. That might be it. Or I want to say it was called the Great Lakes... Like Run the Lake, Run the Lakes or something. I don't exactly remember, but... You basically run the distance of the five Great Lakes, and if you do, you get a pretty sweet medal. So I'll try to find it. If I can find the exact post again, I'll make sure to save it and share it next week. But it was a very cool virtual race. Look it up to see if you can find it. It was called the Great... I want to say it was Run the Great Lakes or something like that was the name of it. It was really cool. Now I was thinking about doing it. It was like 1,200 miles or something over the summer. So very cool race. Check it out if you are interested in it. And like I said, if I find it, I'll mention more information on it in the coming episodes as well. But that moves us to a post that I saw just this morning. And it actually happened last night as I say this. It's Saturday, July 18th. But Friday night, Shannon Roberry, she is the fourth oldest runner to run a sub 841 3k she ran it in 840.26 the other two americans to ever do it was libby hickman she was 35 years old and 193 days to that point regina jacobs 35 years and 191 days on march of 99 hickman did it in 2000 now roeberry in July of 2020 and then you have Mauricia Pura she was 37 years and 34 days old in 87 Helen Clitheroe did it at 37 years old and 48 days in 2011 and Edith Masai from Kenya did it in July of 06 she was 39 years old and 112 days when she ran that feat the fastest time out of those six girls was the Kenyan Maasai with 827.17, where Roeberry stands in terms of all that. She actually has the slowest time at 840.26. Clitheroe did it in 839.81. Pakura did it in 839.45. Hickman, 835.02. And Regina Jacobs in 839.14. So Americans sit on the board in 2nd, 3rd, and 6th on that list. So that was a pretty cool story. Congrats to Sharon Roberry on accomplishing that feat. I didn't hear the whole story of where she ran it. It could have been just another track outing like we've seen some track teams doing around the country where they are running some meets just to get some speed work in. I think I saw our friend Emma Colburn, I'm going to say friend because we've talked about her quite a bit here on the podcast, but talking about she might be doing another race as we saw it just a couple weeks ago. And look at this, just as I get the news, 
Here it is, Run the Lakes. 1,256 miles, you get five medals. Gonna get a little more information here. So, it's on Virtual Run US, the Great Lakes Challenge. I just found it as I was going to look at Emma Colburn's Instagram to see if there was anything else that I missed. The Great Lakes Challenge, all five entry plus five digital bibs is $15. You can do each individual lake, which is the Lake Michigan entry plus medal. So you get the entry into running that lake plus you get the finishing medal. You can do Lake Michigan, Lake Erie, Lake Huron, Lake Superior, or Lake Ontario. All of them are on sale right now for just $20 a piece. Normally $25. Now you can also buy the Great Lakes Challenge t-shirt only for $20. Or you can get the Great Lakes Challenge all five lakes entry plus all five finisher medals. One for each lake that you complete. Normally $125 value, only $80 while the time lasts. So like I said, it's on Virtual Run US. This is one that I thought was very cool and looked into myself. Wanted to promote it a little bit, especially from being from the Great Lakes State. But kind of cool to say you ran the whole length of the Great Lakes. Go in and check that out. Like I said, on virtualrun.us. I might sign up for one or two myself. I don't know if I'll spend all $80 to get all five, but something very interesting to look after and check into. And as I mentioned, we talked about Shannon Roberry competing that feat. We're going to get into now our main topic here for this afternoon or this podcast, and that's an update on what people are saying is going to happen and what's going to go on with this fall we've had a lot of breaking news as i mentioned in the open this week and the first starting with the njcaa that announced their updated plan of action for the 2021 season basically from what i've heard and i read just a tiny bit is that all fall sports except for cross country will be moving to the spring now that'll make it really interesting but our cross-country season for our community colleges will stay intact for the time being. The direct word from the press release is, The most recent plan of action shifts all close contact fall sports to the spring semester. These sports include football, men's and women's soccer, and court volleyball. The NC. NJCAA cross-country championships for all three divisions and the half marathon championships will remain as their originally scheduled dates in the fall as well as Division Three women's tennis. All winter sports competition will begin in January with the majority of championship seasons moved from March to April. These sports include men's and women's basketball, wrestling and swimming and diving, men's women's Bowling and men's and women's indoor track and field will be held at the beginning of March. Spring sports competitions will remain intact with minor adjustments to dates. These sports include baseball, softball, beach volleyball, men's and women's golf, men's and women's lacrosse, track and field, and men's and women's tennis. Now, so that's a good thing for our sports, but a very interesting twist and it'll play out next spring to see what some of these community colleges do with their fall sports going to the spring for the time being we'll at least have a little bit of cross country at least at the community college level 
and the half marathon championships and it seems like the indoor season will have a little bit of a twist might end a little bit later but the spring track season seems to go as everything is planned that's on the good side there we'll give you a little bit more positive news and that comes from my home state of Michigan where the Michigan High School Athletic Association released a press release the other day that stated that the fall sports will continue as scheduled. The press release broke the news just yesterday. The press release, which was found on MHSAA.com, states, The MHSAA is moving forward with a plan that first calls for all fall sports to be started and played as scheduled. However, if the situation deems it's necessary, the start of some or all fall practices or competitions could be delayed. The next step in the plan's progressive calls for lower-risk fall sports that can be played to be completed, with higher-risk fall sports proponed until later in the school year. If all sports must be suspended, they will reschedule during a reconfigured calendar that would see winter sports begin in November, followed by the conclusion of fall sports and spring sports seasons potentially extending into July of 2021. Additionally, the council considered a concept that would swap traditional fall and spring sports but determined that that was not a feasible plan. Football, girls volleyball, girls swimming and diving, and boys soccer during the fall are considered moderate or high-risk sports because they include athletes in close contact or are played indoors. Now we talked about this and we heard it in the last press release on the NJCAA's webpage about how they were moving contact sports to the spring. Michigan has continuously looked at this. They decided that is not the plan to go. And really, if there's one organization that I've had a lot of, a big, I have been a big supporter through this whole thing has been the MHSAA because I really feel like they have had the athletes' considerations in mind and really thought about student-athletes at the high school level. And we talked about it in the spring. They were really late on canceling and finally making a decision on their spring sports which they had to terminate and now I think they're taking a very reasonable and logical approach to the fall seasons and really looking at how this is going to be impacted, how we can make this work and when is the final decision going to have to be made. We can at least try it if we get into it and it's not working then we can cut it and it sounds like they already have a plan in place to where if they would have to make that tough decision to stop the sports in the fall if they can pick it right back up at the end of the winter sports and keep going. I know a lot of basketball players were upset, and I should say winter athletes in general, because the hockey championships were almost over with as well in the winter when they canceled all sports, shut it down, and then were never able to pick it up again. The spring athletes never got a chance, and they had talked about moving their seasons into summer, but with school being canceled for the rest of the year and all the work going online, they decided that it was not best to hold the spring seasons. I think they're taking a logical approach, looking at all the precautions that they could do, and I think it's going to be similar to what we saw in the spring here in the fall, almost taking it by a week-by-week, day-by-day, or two-week process before they make that final call on what they should do. And I'm not going to get into what I believe, but I think they're doing the right thing. I'm not going to get too in-depth with it, but... They're being cautious and being safe, but also looking at what would be best and trying to get these athletes out on the field because they know they want to compete and they've been pent up and they deserve the right to play.
So if you want to go check out that link, you can find it at mhsaa.com. It's a press release that was released. And like I said, we got some good news. Some schools that want to push forward and continue with what's going on doesn't mean that it's going to end that way, but at least they're trying to stay optimistic and trying to find a way for these kids to have a chance to run. And coming from a high school and college athlete myself, I love that idea and I like to look at the optimistic side and hope that we can get the seasons in and continue to run and get our cross-country season in and um, hoping to maybe get on the coaching train again and kind of help out there, but we'll see what happens and we'll see. But I like the way the MHSAA and the NJCAA are thinking. There have been some other twists and quite a few other twists to the other side of the scenario. I want to give you some positive news before we start talking about some of this. Well, if you remember about a week or so ago, I talked about all the marathons that were still that had been canceled, such as Boston and New York, and there was hope that maybe we could still get the Chicago Mar Marathon off the ground and running and host a home course race in 2020. But unfortunately, that's going to come to an end on July 13th, just a few days ago, about five days in fact, the 2020 Chicago Marathon was called. The Chicago Marathon, which was set for October 11th, has now been canceled and organizers announced the decision citing the challenges of staging an event on this scale at this time and are out of their concern and out of concern for the safety of the event participants, volunteers, event staff, and spectators. We said they hope, hope drives us as runners and as humans. My hope was to see everyone on the start line on Sunday, October 11th, but our highest priority has always been the safety of our participants and our volunteers. Race Director Carrie Pinkowski said in a statement, we understand the disappointment but when we return to the streets of Chicago, it'll be a celebratory moment and an uncompromising statement about the collective spirit of who we are as a running community. We are powerful, we are persistent, and we will reach the finish line again. So it's definitely disappointing to see that the Chicago Marathon has followed in line with Boston and New York. But at this time, with those two canceling, you also have to feel that Chicago was to kind of follow a suit and go in line disappointing and you know that we won't see a major race take place in 2020 and I know probably some of you are most of you are in the same point that I am where we're just ready for 2020 to get it over with and hopefully we can put this virus and all this stuff behind us and we can move on to 2021 get back to normal as it looks like fingers crossed we're gonna have some pro sports pick up here at the end of the month we're within 10 days of baseball coming back we're within half a month or two weeks of hockey coming back basketball could be following suit thereafter so let's hope those sports can come back and if those sports can get back then we should be okay to see some marathons and long distance running in 2021 I know I'll be looking forward to it I miss watching running on TV and hopefully sooner rather than later everything can get back to what will everyone's calling a new normal but a normal that we're more consistent with with maybe just a few changes for the better going forward it says those who registered for the race will have the option to receive a refund or for their entry to defer 
to future marathons in 2021, 2022, or 2023. And anyone who regi registered for the International Chicago 5K will also have the same options. Last year's Bank of America Chicago Marathon saw history made as Bridget Kosagi of Kenya broke not only one, but two records with her finish, setting a world record and breaking the course record in Chicago. I remember that. And I actually wrote a an article for my college based on that. That's when I really, really got into running and what was going on right before I started this podcast. And really, I believe that was definitely the last big marathon on American soil, but one that was more noteworthy was the Chicago Marathon last year. I know here locally that the Detroit Marathon, as far as I know, is still on. I haven't heard that it's been canceled. And that's the Free Press Marathon in downtown Detroit where they have a half marathon and a full marathon. I'll have to look that up and fact check that. But as far as I know, as of right now, it's still on. I'll have to look and see. And I'll, let you, I'll update you next week if it's been canceled or if it's been on with what's going on with that one. While I'm not sure if the Detroit Free Press Marathon has been canceled, I do know a few things for sure have been canceled. We already mentioned the Chicago Marathon, but last week I mentioned the Ivy League has decided to cancel all fall sports for this year. This came out on July 8th. It says the Ivy League will not allow sports to resume during the fall semester due to COVID. The decision will mark an end to fall sports seasons and could bar any winter and spring sport athletes from participation in usual preseason activities. It will also curtail the winter sports season, which ordinarily begins in November. The eight Ivy League presidents said in a statement published that Wednesday evening that their commitment to health and well-being of student athletes and staff guided their decision to halt the start of sports. The announcement there was a quote in the announcement and it said, With the available information to us today regarding the continued spread of the virus, we simply do not believe we can create and maintain an environment for intercollegiate athletic competition that meets our requirements for safety and acceptable levels of risk. Now, since that has come out, there have been some conferences, like for example, I know the Big Ten Conference that have said they are going to continue to have their seasons, but it will only be inter- conference matchup so like for football they'll only play teams in their conference now it doesn't really impact cross country too much because most of the time you're racing against teams in your conference the one thing that it does kind of affect is the fact that there may be some bigger meets that we might see down the line that might be canceled. which brings me to my next point we have already seen that wisconsin has officially canceled the nutty comb invitational was talking to a couple of our guests on the podcast earlier in the series. They announced this was one of their favorite races. But head coach announced Nick that Burn. the 2020 Wisconsin Nuttycomb Invitational will be canceled for the upcoming cross-country season. It's expected to come back in 2021, but it's been the NCAA's premier regular season cross-country meet for years now, hosting many of the nation's top programs in Madison, Wisconsin on an annual basis. Canceling the 2020 Nuttycomb Invitational was a foregone conclusion after the Big Ten announced last week that they would be adopting a conference-only schedule for fall sports this year. 
The loss of the Nuttycomb Invitational leaves the status of, like we said, larger meets around the nation, such as pre-nationals and the Joe Payne in a major state of uncertainty. Those two I'm not as familiar with, but the Nuttycomb I have heard of many times. And with so many teams coming to the Nuttycomb and it being such a big meet, and like I said, they're going to a Big Ten schedule only. That was the reason behind the Nuttycomb cancellation, which is going to be a bummer because that's a big meet. And I know a lot of athletes like that one. But we're going to have to go without it here in There has been another big meet that's been canceled. This one is on the high school side of things. And this is the Nike Cross Nationals. It has been canceled because of the pandemic. And the Nike Cross Nationals announced Thursday that it had been canceled this year. Along with eight regional qualifying meets because of the virus. The national meet was scheduled for December 5th in Portland. They're quoted as saying, This was not a decision taken lightly, but the health and safety of our athletes, families, fans, and employees is our top priority. Said They said in a statement on the Nike Cross Nationals website, We understand NXN has provided a platform for intense competition, showcased some of the sport's greatest talent, and gathered a strong community to celebrate their shared love for running. We look forward to bringing NXN back in 2021. Now, the only other meet for high school level that's a major meet is the Foot Locker Cross Country Championships, which is in mid-December in San Diego. They have not decided whether or not they will cancel the race. That'll probably be coming here shortly, but the reason that we're seeing some of these bigger meets is just the sheer numbers of teams and athletes that show up and the variety of places that the teams are coming from. So you have people coming from, you know, the... Northwest, the Midwest, the East Coast, all over the country. And really, that's going to bring, you know, we could be in completely different places with where the virus is and they just don't want to reinfect an area or have a chance to reinfect a bunch of athletes because you have people from all over coming to this one area. So that's mainly why we're seeing it. Just two more things to touch on here before we end. Manhattan College decided to cancel their cross-country invitational due to the pandemic. And this is a high school cross-country race that was on the schedule. And it was set to be in October, but it has been canceled due to the COVID virus pandemic. And they met. The meet, which typically features strong Long Island contingent, is held at Van Cortland Park in the Bronx and is considered to be one of the premier events of the high school season. So you got the Nike Cross Nationals, now this one, which is more of a regional race, but still a big time race. They were quoted as saying, our greatest concern is always the health and safety of all our competitors and family who attend the event each year. Manhattan College Cross Country and Track and Field Program Director Matt Centrowitz said in a news release that release posted on the school's website despite how much we all want to host this year's race there are too many unknowns right now while this decision is difficult it is without a doubt in the best interest of all involved it was founded in 1972 the meet is one of the largest one-day cross-country events in the nation with about 10,000 runners and 300 teams competing in place of a physical meet Manhattan College will hold a virtual 
Event open to all competitors, coaches, families, and fans, the release said. So, like we said, just basically going off of the Nike Cross Nationals, the meet is just so massive with so many people coming in and so many teams. They don't want to put that many teams together, and they don't want to put kids at risk with having so many people in a general area, so that's most likely why they canceled the meet. It's not going anywhere, just not going to run this year. And then we have one more thing to touch on before we end. Morehouse College, kind of in line with the Ivy League that we talked about earlier. They said that they will cancel their fall sports as well. On their page, it says, I write to inform you that due to the virus, Morehouse College will not participate in any intercollegiate athletic competition sponsored by the National College Athletic Association, the NCAA, and the Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, the SIAC, this upcoming fall. This will affect our cross-country and football-sponsored athletic teams. I want all of our scholar-athletes, parents, and alumni to know that the college will honor all athletic scholarship awards. Like all decisions we made related to COVID, this was a difficult one, but made with the health and the well-being of our students and community in mind. It follows the intentions to maintain a safe campus and hopes for our students will be able to return in August. They said our Maroon Tigers teams travel to other NCAA institutions and cannot compete without breaking the social distancing guidelines still maintained by the Center of Disease Control and Prevention. Sporting events will also invite individuals to our campus who cannot be subject to testing and monitoring. We will plan to implement we plan to implement to our students, faculty, and staff. So they're going more on the social distancing rule more than just having and I mean it all goes back to how many people you're having in a certain area at a certain time for a long period of time. But Morehouse College decided not to have their season as well. That's kind of the last bit of news that I have, and we'll kind of monitor the situation as we go forward. I just thought there was a lot of cancellations this week. We were having a tough time finding guests. So it would be a good idea to kind of update you on what's going on and how the fall season's kind of laying out. There's some good news that want to continue on with just the way they're going, and there's some that want to cancel and think it's best, and we'll see how it plays out. We'll see if those that continue on will get to have their whole seasons or if they'll have to cancel some way through. Or we'll see if they make it. And it'll be interesting, hopefully, for all the student-athletes we get to continue on that are planning to continue on and we have a good cross-country and rest of the sports here. And then we can continue on to 2021 and get things back to normal as much as possible. We'll see how it plays out, but we're going to continue to our cool-down session All right, we are on our 15th golden rule. As we said, we're making our way through the 25 golden rules according to Running World, Runner's World. On to help you, and number 15 is the sleep rule. The rule states sleep one extra minute per night for each mile per week that you train. So if you run 30 miles a week, you should sleep an extra half an hour a night. Sleep deprivation has a negative impact on training, says David Clam, Clement, MD Director at the University of California San Francisco Sleep Disorder Center. 
The average person needs seven and a half to eight hours of sleep, so increase that amount when you're training. The exception, different amounts of sleep work for different runners. For some, six is enough shut eye, others need closer to nine per night. If you find yourself restless and unable to sleep before a big race, don't worry, the rest you got the week before will carry you over on race day. The one thing that I have to add in on this, especially about the race thing, is the most important night to get sleep if you have a race is not the night before, it's the previous day. So you want to make sure two days before, or two nights before your race, that you get good, really, really good sleep that night. Because it's not, when you get up in the morning and you feel tired, it's not because of the night, that night that you had bad sleep, it was the night before that. That's what carries you into the day. So, really, when you're tired one day, it's not, it's two days ago that you had bad sleep, and that's what you're feeling, not the day before. It almost takes two days to get to you to actually feel your sleep. Other than that, I think that rule is pretty spot on. I know the more I train, the more intense I train, the more tired I feel. So, if you can, try to get as much sleep as you, as possible, but I know sometimes, especially for me, I got things I'm doing and, you know, I'm editing podcasts, I'm doing other broadcast stuff or things like that. So I just, I get to bed when I can, but I'd love to get more sleep. I like sleep. So if I could get more when I could, I would. But then we're going to move into, like we said, the last couple months we've done training tips to improve your mile, two mile, 5k time. Well, now we're going to work, we've been working on ways to kind of help with mental health while you're running and a couple things that you can do. This one involves stress management. It says running can control stress and boost the body's ability to deal with existing mental tension. Exercise also increases concentrations of noro, noro, noropinephine, a chemical that reduces moderate helps moderate the brain's response to stress it also can help to prevent cognitive decline while running doesn't cure alzheimer's it may help boost the brain's ability to minimize and slow cognitive decline that begins after age 45. working out especially between ages 25 and 45 boosts the chemicals in your brain that support and prevent degeneration of the hippocampus, an important part of the brain for memory and learning. And also it can create a calmer state of mind. The chemicals released during and after running can help people experiencing anxiety feel calmer. Whether you're hopping on a treadmill, track, trail, or sidewalk, getting your body moving is a healthy way of coping with tough times. So I think it's very important that if you're running you get out there it can help your mental state I know sometimes when I'm feeling overwhelmed or angry or whatever I hop on the trail and it just it does relax you it kind of lets your worries go away and focus on your run and I'd probably say about 95% of the time you feel better than when you get on the trail so running not only gives you good exercise and gets you in shape it can help your mental state as well and I'm just a big comp component of and supporter of running and it's got many benefits that you may not have thought about well that's going to wrap up episode number 20 i know i keep saying that we're going to get a guest in but i'm guaranteeing you we'll have a guest for our next episode 
We're going to try to get it on right out of schedule on our Wednesdays. Like I said, sorry, things got away from me this week with vacation, and I really wanted to get a guest, but it just wouldn't work out this week. But I think we had some good content with our fall updates. Remember, if you want to watch any of our previous episodes, you can go visit any of your favorite podcast platforms that you're probably listening to right now. Just scroll down and see more of our episodes, and go check out some of our guests like Leah O'Connor or Alex Wilson. Or Sarah Kroll. Or, or Aaron Finn. Those are some of the bigger name runners that we've had on the list. But we've also had just normal people like Andy Bellinger, Christine Otto, and many more. So go check them out. Listen to the podcast. Tell us which one's your favorite. Tell us what you'd like to hear on our podcast. And while you're there, subscribe so you can find out when all of our fav- all of our new episodes come on out. And you can contact us on our social media. Don't be afraid to leave a comment or suggestion on any of our posts. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at the Long Run Five or on Instagram at Believe in the Long Run. And continue listening on your favorite podcast platforms such as Google Play, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and of course Believe.com. Well, that's going to wrap it up for episode number twenty. I will see you guys just in a few days when we release episode number 21. And we will talk to you later. Stay safe, stay healthy, and get out there. Go pound some distances out, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.